Hello and welcome back to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast. We hope you're well. We've got another packed show ahead for you where we'll be discussing, I say discussing, we'll be having a brief conversation about our 3-1 defeat to Brighton last night because nobody could find a stream. We'll also be looking ahead to our final fixture before the World Cup uh, at the weekend away against Wolves. And with me to discuss all of this is James, who can be found on Instagram at thisisarsenal underscore. Good evening, James. How are you? Good evening, mate. Very well indeed. Thank you. Despite yesterday's result, it was uh, quite nice, actually, not having to watch it by the sounds of it. Yeah, it took me back to the 90s, mate, and tuning into to Radio 5 Live. Um, yeah, strange experience not being able to watch the Arsenal in this day and age. But there we go. That's what we had to deal with last night. But just before we get stuck into the usual aspects of the show, uh, we do have a special guest on with us this week uh, who has risen to fame due to his unbelievable techers with the pencil. Uh, and we likely would have seen him appear on Arsenal's social media pages uh, over the last few months. So without further ado, I am pleased to welcome to the pod another one of Chippenham's finest, Del Llewellyn. Good evening, Del. How are you, mate? Good evening. <laughs> I'm good. You? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Great to have you on the pod, I have to say. Uh, as I said, you are another one of Chippenham's finest. So James is fully outnumbered uh, by the West Country <laughs> boys this evening. Uh, We're both very no, good looking as well. Uh, you're not too bad yourself. You're not too bad yourself. Um, <laughs> definitely punching with your wife, but we won't, we won't get into the ins and outs of that, will we? <laughs> but look, it is fantastic to have you on. Um, for, for those of you unaware, Del is a quite formidable uh, artiste. Um, he is phenomenal. He's done some fantastic work. You know, I've always had a, a close eye on your work uh, due to the obvious reasons, uh, being, you know, I've known you for a long time, obviously. You were in the year above me at school. Uh, and, and just, you know, as we said before we came on, you know, your your artwork caught my eye, not due to, to Arsenal or, or any football related content. It was to do with an ice hockey player, I believe, uh, that you did. Crikey, how long ago was that? That would have probably been as part of four years ago, maybe. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Time flies when you're having fun or in the middle of COVID, ah, I guess. We yeah. lost two years of that, didn't we? <laughs> so before we get stuck into your, your art career, I mean, look, you're also on the pod. Because you are an Arsenal fan, as I know. Um, so just wanted to have a little chat with you about that. You know, your upbringing is a little bit different. I know you're, you know, you're not originally born and bred in Chippenham like myself, which is such a thing to admit. You know, you were kind of in Germany, I believe, for a bit. That's it, yeah. So I'm surprised you didn't pick up Bayern or somebody like that to support. Who knows? You might do on the sly for all we know. But <laughs> what what actually brought you to, to support the Arsenal? My mum, really. Um, she was a diehard gooner. Uh, you know, and it's it's all I can remember. You know, by the time I came back from Germany, I would have been what year two primary school, something like that. So what seven is that? I don't know. Yeah, uh, seven eight. So about that. It's know, a long time ago for us, as we we also yeah, said before I, we came. No, lot, yeah. Um. So yeah. So you know, and obviously by then I would have been back in England, where you know, obviously English football is going to be shown everywhere. And I remember just yeah, just. My mum just always wearing a Arsenal shirts, and I was just put, pretty much put in one. And ever since then, the, the love affair has just grown. Yeah, no, similar to myself. I didn't really have, you know, much choice. Um, you know, I followed my family as well. And yeah, just, you know, there's no great football sides in the West Country, as we know, really. Um, I mean, Swindon, once upon a time, ventured into the Premier League and lasted a wet minute. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean... I mean, we've all experienced, you know, the highs and lows of Arsenal from every aspect, haven't we, really? Yeah. Um, you know, the fantastic days, you know, the, throughout the 90s were pretty good uh, as an Arsenal man, except that middle bit when uh, George Graham decided to go a bit rogue, to say the least. <laughs> but, um, you know, Wenger came in and, and did his thing, didn't he? But moving on, um, what, what are you making of, of the season so far? I mean, I think from our point, point of view, I mean, we are maybe slightly exceeding expectations how are you feeling about it what have you made of this you know, I, you know i think i think we've i think we've been superb and i don't think anyone else can say anything different um you know you know we've come across a few games where we have not performed but we still ground out wins and i think that's mm -hmm. what every team does you look at the past previous seasons even when liverpool won the league the amount of times they got like a last minute winner you know mm -hmm. Ocarigi would suddenly just score um, Jesus Christ, City, yeah. you know with their with their wealth of depth of you know squad they still grind out the odd win when they play badly so it's it's refreshing to see that we can have off days and still get those results but in general the way that we approach games now we control the games and mm. and the way that we're 
we, we play it's just it's, it's incredibly refreshing um, and I think it's deserved that we're top of the table at the moment yeah I think that gets maybe not spoken about uh, enough I think it's more coming to to the point where people are starting to to recognize Arsenal and put us in you know and actually recognize for what we've been doing I think Rio Ferdinand's definitely been doing that on on TV over the last number of weeks he, it's funny I don't think Gary Neville ever will because Gary no, Neville's never. a prick. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever draw him just so you know <laughs> probably got it in there don't you know don't yeah. draw him, but um off the checklist yeah off the checklist yeah definitely oh. but it's it is you you know we are far so you know exceeding expectations but so far in the season you know what what's been the particular highlight for you um you know from maybe a result or what what's kind of stood out for you and you look back and go yeah you know what, I, th- I think obviously being Liverpool um I think that was I know Liverpool aren't exactly firing all cylinders but they were they no. weren't that bad actually defensively obviously they're a bit all over the place but you know when we played them they were they were still they were still pretty decent they, you know they uh they gave us a few problems of course you know we beat teams that we haven't beaten for a while you know obviously Spurs we we thoroughly deserve that victory. 100%. What they did to us last year. Chelsea absolutely dominated them from start to mm. finish. You know, the teams that you'd expect us to struggle or where we've been whitewashed in the past, mm. we've, we've, we've turned up. We've, we've gave them a hell of a game. And like I said, we've, we're a different team now. Um, and it's just, and it's, yeah, it's, it's great. You go into these big games actually feeling confident that you yeah. can win, not just nick it. Or, you know, um, and I think survive, that's, yeah. yeah, survive, yeah. yeah. That's what we've done or tried <laughs> yeah. to do a lot of the times. But yeah, I think you're right. But I think, I think another thing as well, you know, at home against the big side, far Liverpool, we're not too bad. And you know, you could probably throw City into that as well. But it's also the, you know, you talk about going into these games with confidence, but we're going into most of these games with confidence, right? And I think, you know, Arsenal teams over years gone by, no matter who they play, you kind of on, you know, you're on the fence. Of, this could go fucking anyway. Because it depends on which Arsenal side turns up. Historically, yeah. we could be bullied. All that sort of, you know, soft underbelly. You know, there was that hilarious interview with Ben White, actually. I can't remember which game it was. James, you might know, because, you, you know, you're good at remembering this sort of stuff. When he was asked about, did you feel like you were bullied in the game? And he just batted it off to the, the guy who was in it. Can you remember what game that was after? Hampton game and yeah he certainly weren't happy with the idea that we were being bullied apparently the interviewer was an Arsenal fan as well so he felt a little bit uh, taken back by it all <laughs> yeah the, he is I, I don't know what it is that, I, I love that lad um, and I love the way he interviews um, there was that really awkward one with the Norwegian TV on it a couple of weeks back which was absolutely hilarious um, and he just literally looked like he wanted to just be anywhere but giving that interview to be honest with you but that's Ben White though he sort of liked that in all his interviews and he's just like right okay cheers doodles <laughs> yeah just well, one thing that's been on my mind for a while though and this isn't just necessarily to Ben White and I'm going off on a tangent here so apologies for this but you know we do do this on this pod regularly especially when Steve's uh, around and for those who are wondering Steve will be back next week uh, and he'll be resuming hosting duties thank Christ um what, what is it with players Rolling up there, you know, one leg of their short to get the leg out. Anybody have any idea what the fuck that's about? It's all about um, vanity, mate. That's it's all about showing off the legs, isn't it? And I mean, he's tanned year round, lucky bastard. I mean, I don't even know what it's like to be tanned in the summer, but I mean, he is Mr. Love Island, isn't he? Old Ben White. He's a good looking boy, you know, athletic. So he's just yeah. doing it to show off, I think. I can't get think of legs like, out, any absolutely. other reason. Has he Sanchez got all up his thigh as well? Probably. He's got oh, quite a number, like, That's actually 10-point sex appeal, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah, you're getting a bit excited here, mate. You're, you know, you're a bit red in the face. You're a bit flustered about this, talking yeah, about Ben White's no, legs. I, I apologise. No, day. that's all right. Yeah, I will <laughs> let you off. I know, I know, as you said, you know, you're a fine artist, but when you came on and we were having a quick chat before, you know, like, what have you been up to today? Just doing me colouring in, as you, as you put it. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus, talk about underselling yourself. But anyway... As, as we talk, you know, just briefly talk about your art there. Let's get stuck into that because that's why yeah. we've got you on. Um, you know, it's great that you're an Arsenal fan as well. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here, to be perfectly honest with you. But uh, <laughs> what? And I know you've spoken about this many times. And, you know, I've seen some of your stuff you did on, on BBC News and things like that in the last few years. But yeah. what, what and how on earth did you take that plunge? Because let's be honest, you did it at a, a later stage in your life, right? Yeah. Um, how did it come about? You know, you taking that plunge into your art career. Yeah. Talk us through those early years. Just, uh, just like I said, I've always been one of those guys who've been creative. No matter what job they did, I was always coming up with ways of sort of portraying my art. But if I could leave, like when I was in the pub trade, I'd do all the A signs and stuff. I'd do my own things on there. Um, Mm. 
but yeah, when I left the pub trade, I was doing recruitment and it was just, you know, office. It was just, it just, it wasn't my thing. Um, so I'd be getting home and I think the only way I could unwind was I was just pick up a pencil. And I only had like your print, your print paper and your really bad pencils. And I just started doodling again. And it just one of those things that I sort of picked up where I left, left off when I was a kid. Of course, mm. you knew, like when I was younger, I drew everything and anyway, I had David Seaman on my folders and You've still got that photo. I think you've posted that as well, haven't you? That David Seaman picture. Yeah. Did he sign it for you? Or am uh, I just imagining yeah. that? Yeah, so the one pictures, yeah. Well, that's Brilliant. But um, but yeah, so and it just took me back and I was like, Do you know what? This is what I've always leant towards, you know, being creative, being artistic. Um and got it. So I became a postman, knowing that I'd be finishing around two o'clock. Mm. And then I just get home and I just practice my craft then. And then it got to a point where I decided to do a little Facebook page. Here's my, here's my art. And then people started to commission me. And then it got to a point where I managed to get about four, three or four months worth of commissions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I quit my job. Um, and then that's it. That's what I've been doing since. And it's just obviously progressed from people, you know, drawing people's cats and dogs to... <laughs> international superstars <laughs> yeah that's quite that's quite the leap uh yeah, from drawing cats and dogs to to worldwide global yeah. superstars that's for sure i've got to ask though because you started off doing commissions did you get any weird requests at the beginning like really yeah no, yeah i've had I've, I've had a few i've had like one person want me to do loads of drawings where it was all very niche um are you able to share what there. these were <laughs> I, I won't go too much into it but there was definitely a sort of a a um a sexual Okay, that's enough. The drawings. Um, yeah, and so I was like, mm, maybe not. And then obviously you get a few people on Twitter messaging you and asking you to do all really. Um, so, yeah, I never did it. Of course, that wasn't really the thing that, that the way I was going to go. Um, kind of wish you did. I, Might have been interesting. <laughs> maybe I did do a do crossover a port- did, at some point. Yeah, I did do a portrait of um, Asher Evans, I think, who is uh, just only fans. But that was through, a, that was a company, a betting company, six um, okay and that, that was she was an influencer for that so that was one of the things that we were doing but then it all went because of covid and then there was no sport to bet on so that didn't really work yeah oh. <laughs> sorry dale can i ask so i've been familiar with your work for a little while I was, you know yeah. super excited that you were going to be on the podcast today and i think one of the things that drew me to your work i remember the picture you did of Arsene Wenger and just yeah. being blown away by it. I mean, it looks like a photograph. And from mm. what I gather, you actually got to meet the great man himself, which for all of us mere mortals here just would blow my minds. Can you tell us anything about meeting yeah, him yeah. and what and what that was like? Absolutely. So I said that you know it was meeting him was it's still surreal now to be fair because it was only for like fifteen minutes. I got to think back and think bloody hell that actually happened. Mm. Um, basically, all it was like yeah, I drew Wenger in my spare time. Um, at Christmas last year, it got picked up by a person that was who won like a raffle to have dinner with Arson. And then he was like, Do you mind if I show Arson the picture? I was like, Yep, carry on. Yeah. And then, and then because of that, Arson wanted to meet me. So then his, uh, his um, PA from FIFA then got in contact with me. Um, and then I said, Look, you know, I want to get signed by him and can I meet him? When is he back in England? So the first time he was back was Soccer Aid. So I got the opportunity to go up to visit Champions String. Um, so I went up there where obviously Soccer Aid were training and then there he was. <laughs> there he was. He's tall. He's, he's, he is he's tall, tall, isn't he? He's tall, yeah. yeah I didn't realise how tall he's obviously a slender guy as well. Um, but originally we was going to do like, he was going to sign the original, but I managed to get some prints. So we hmm. were going to do this little signing session outside. And he was like, oh, no, come on in. So I was just in this massively busy reception of the hotel, all these soccer aid people around. Hmm. And they were just signing the prints and we were just chatting about Arsenal, um, the artwork. Um, hmm. And, yeah, he was such a nice bloke. It was just, again, incredibly surreal. And he knew my name as well. So that was just, oh. That's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. He came out with hello, Dell. I was like, oh, Arsenal. I think the first thing I said, Arsenal was, I think Arsenal, I went, Arsenal is a dream come true. Thank you for 22 years. Something like that. I nice probably touch. stuttered and mumbled. And of course you did. We all would though. I mean, I, one thing that always took me back is not just how tall he was, because I, I was lucky enough to meet him once upon a time as well, but it's just how softly spoken he was, like in person. Yeah, 
absolutely. But to do you know what, to be fair, I was I was actually pretty good. Um, I didn't I didn't crumble. I was uh, there's only one bit where I thought, holy shit, that's awesome, is when he was signing my artwork and I just zoned out for a second. Yeah, you do. Is this actually happening? Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, brilliant. I mean, that's, I, that's I just double that's like, like that's like doubly amazing though, isn't it, for you? Because not only just, you know, with your profession now as being, you know, an artist, it's, you're an Arsenal fan as well at heart. So it's just yeah. like the two just come together and it's just like fucking yeah. wow. And, and the best thing about it is that it was all, you know, I just done it and it was all sort of through me, you know, obviously with my relationship with, um, with icons, um, mm. you know, a lot, you know, they're responsible for a lot of the signings like, that I had get, get done. But this was purely mm. me um, and the opportunity, and I just created an opportunity for myself. So that was extra yeah, nice, absolutely. You know? um, so is that is that the best project you've you've worked on today? Do you reckon? I mean, for me personally, it's, it's, it, I think it has to be because you know the guy gave us such great memories. Obviously, the, especially the first ten years. Anyway, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, but he's just a legend of Arsenal and a legend of the game. Yeah, um, obviously, and then to you know to get to meet him because of something that you've like a, a career that you've created for yourself. Um, mm makes that extra little bit special really no absolutely what's your i mean what's your second favorite i mean look the i knew the arsenal wenger one would be you know it's out there right but <laughs> um, what's the second favorite piece you you've worked on uh, in I mean, your time so far? yeah i mean obviously not arsenal related but obviously messy stuff you know having my artwork signed by Lionel messi is just something that blows my little mind still um mm, yeah, the that. Copa america one that i drew is probably the best one that i've done of him yeah um, yeah the detail um, in that one's insane but, uh, it was about 10 days just to do the trophy. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and apparently he was really impressed by that. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that one just because nice. of the, you know his, his sheer reputation. Of, I see. And, not, yeah. and, you know, I'm very fortunate to have my artwork signed by him. Not many people have that opportunity. So I will take that at both hands. Of the Arsenal players you've done, Del, who is there anyone that's been particularly difficult to capture or someone that you've kind of had to throw your paper away on a number of different occasions? <laughs> Who's been the most challenging? Um, of the Arsenal ones I've done, the, the Bukayo Saka one was probably the most difficult, um, apart from the Veng, because Veng was, again, you know, I, I knew how, how I wanted to portray it, but obviously Saka was, was difficult because you had very different mm. dark tones and sort of they're quite difficult to achieve. Um mm. To doing that and of course you had the rain you had the like the sweat you had the war on the face um and yeah that was that was a tough one to be fair um yeah that's probably the most difficult one apart from Wenger. and what's the dream moving forward Dell? if you could capture any kind of arsenal player anyone associated with the club that you've not yet managed to to tie down who would it be i mean obviously thierry Henry would be in superb of course um, yeah ian wright but to be fair, you know, I think, you know, I'm I'm, I'm really privileged to have the, the opportunities that I have. So I would take anyone um, and it would just be amazing because, you know, I'm very grateful of what I do. And there's lots of people that would love to be in the situation that I am. So, you know, any Arsenal player, you know, yeah. opportunity to, especially to me, if I could meet him as well, that'd be great. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can't help both Thierry Henry, right, Burkham, you know, I would love yeah, to be David Seaman as well. Um, of course, as a childhood Legend. hero. He was um, both our childhood heroes, by the way. And yeah, James is so you know, Dell is Dell is always a goalkeeper. Um yeah. he's a goalkeeper growing up, still is playing veterans because that's the age we're at these days. Yeah, but cheers for that. Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So I'm throwing <laughs> us both under the bus. But yeah, like like James said, I mean oh, yeah. you, you've you've drawn you know, so many Arsenal players already. You've got you know, Xhaka, Saka, as you just said, which the detail of that one's insane. You know, you did Jesus recently. Leah yeah. Williamson, I think you did a piece uh, for Eddie and Ketcher as well. Yeah, Eddie and Ketcher, he's a, you know, he, he was, to be fair, he was a massive part of me, like, doing the Premier League gig um, because of the yeah, concept. going to come on to that, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, and Eddie's great, like, he sends me, like, birthday messages. Um, Does he? Yeah, like, when I went to, when I recently went on to Arsenal Socials, he, um, he messaged me and was like, oh, mate, that's great, congratulations. Fair play. Um, it's that side great, of it, you know, we don't, yeah, and that's, that must be so cool. As obviously, again, we've touched on it before, but being a fan and seeing that side of a player that, you know, myself and James wouldn't necessarily see, right? All we get to see is what he does on the pitch for 90 minutes and maybe an interview afterwards or yeah. whatever media washed stuff is published by the club or 
TV is a you know TV um, outlet. But going on to the piece where you said then you know Eddie was a great help for the Premier League bit that you did. Um, yeah. Which look, it was an Arsenal, right? We'll just hold around <laughs> up here. Um, you were obviously commissioned by BT Sport, I believe it was. Was it BT? So so it was, so it was the Premier League. Uh, oh, Premier League Productions. Productions, it should be, yeah. And it was uh, BT Sport and Sky across 190 mm. countries. But yeah, carry on. Drop that, yeah, drop that. 190 <laughs> countries, that was, yeah. No, obviously you did a massive piece, wasn't it? It wasn't just, yeah. you know, your standard kind of, uh, is it? What, what, what tip, it was what um, A0, so it's about four foot. Jesus Christ. And that's, that's obviously the biggest piece you've ever done. And I was just thinking, yeah. Yeah, obviously, when it, and then look, I'm just just going ahead here and you could say I'm never doing that because it'd take me too long, but I would love it if you could do something like that with like just historic quality Arsenal players. Yeah, I, I, I would happily, I would happily do one like like respect. I mean, it would. It took a long time for me to do that. I think it took the best part of probably nearly just over two months. I think it took. Um, you know, because you know it was really important to me. I've never had this opportunity before, so I gave mm. it all. So I think there's twenty odd players who got the trophy on there, the fonts and stuff, and you know, it just took ages. Was that but, in colour as well? No, so it was, obviously the players were in black and white, uh, but you mm. had like the, the liver bird in red and the little font in red. But the trophy was in colour just to try and give it that little bit of pop. A little Make bit. it stand out a little bit Make more. Make it stand yeah. out, yeah. Um, Is there any other Arsenal players? I know you can't go into too much detail on this, but have you got any any hints you can drop with any Arsenal players that are coming down the line, possibly, or uh, anybody nothing else? That's been, nothing, that's, nothing that's being signed. I'm not, obviously as a goalkeeper, I, I want to do Ramsdale. I want to I want to draw him next to be fair just because he's a great yeah. character and I think he's doing incredibly well for the club true um, obviously England World Cup squad as well so I would like to draw Ramsdale um, definitely um, I think he'll be on my hit list next yeah and I want to do the Arsenal um, away shirt at night as well I think that'd be really cool but then do the uh, do the Fly Emirates um Logo in gold, and everything else. That would, yeah, that would, really that would cool. look. Yeah, that would look. But it's really for this time, cool. you know. Like I said, unless you know, unless I can definitely turn that artwork into something like sell or get it to the athlete, then I have to prioritise stuff that gets me cash. Obviously, <laughs> it's, obviously. It's, it's a living yeah. that you're in here. Yeah, it's a living that you're in here now. Absolutely. Um, so obviously, look, you know, I really appreciate you, you know, jumping on with us today. So. No, just for the people that are listening, where, where can they go to 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 buy your work or view your work? Um, yeah, you know, on social and web websites. Where, where can we where can we point them? Yeah, that's cool. So uh, your social, so Instagram is Llewellyn Illustrations. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same as Facebook as well. Um, Twitter, if I'm in Llewellyn Art. Um, my website is Llewellyn Illustrations. You, if you type in Bell Llewellyn, I'm probably going to come up. Um, that sounds egotistical, doesn't it? Sorry. Um, you've you've sorted out the, the Google SEO search. Uh, you've got that down. <laughs> you're, you're appearing in the top three, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, uh, there's only my name. There's, there's not really many more people like me. So um, yeah, you'll, you'll find me pretty easily. Um, and then yeah, then you can just see all my stuff on the website. Um, it'll give you links to my friends at Icons where you can buy some of the signed merchandise. Um, I'm going to be having a uh, range of Arsenal players that we just spoke about so um Saka, Xhaka, Williamson, who else? Jesus and Unvega yeah. as well so they'll be available to buy um on the website nice. soon. Well, Christmas um, is coming so it's a great time Christmas to plug is that. Coming. What a present. What a present. Yeah. <laughs> limited edition as well so once they're gone they're gone. Um and yeah that, and that's where you, that's where you can find me. Yeah fantastic. James any anything else you wanted to add there before we let Dale on his way? I think just the burning question I have and probably all of our listeners will have is um when are we going to see a strictly come dancing Tony Adams illustration? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll um I'll tweet him. <laughs> just say, have you got have you got a preferred outfit, Tony? Um maybe the the salsa look or maybe his uh when he was coming kind of come what was it i think he would come down on a cannon or something oh. on point <laughs> or oh, when he cannon. was doing his um when he was recreating his uh was it his time when he was a manager in spain and he was doing all of his weird and wonderful hand movements oh. and hand gestures tactics, i think that would be another yeah. good one yeah that's it Is yeah it that? oh they, they, they was great he's, who knows he's... who knows eh He's pretty responsive, you know. He'll get back to you on the socials as well. He's 
I've had a couple of interactions with him over the last few years on my account. Um, yeah, he's pretty he's, he's pretty sound, mate. He's definitely worth reaching out to anyway. I think I think so, yeah. I just um, something I need to do a little bit more of. Um, the thing is, what I do is I just work all day and I try and spend at least amount of time on social media as possible because, you know, my colouring takes priority and my you get lost in social media, <laughs> can't you? So I know, yeah, you really can. It just makes me chuckle how you call it colouring, though. It's uh, just... It is, it is, to, well, figure that to me, it's just, like I said, it's just what I do, you know? It's just... Well, you're an expert at staying in the lines. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you've got it down to a T. But look, Dale, we just want to thank you really for for taking the time to join us on the pod. We, look, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. As you said, you know some of these commissions and some of these drawings you're doing just takes such incredible amount of time. But you know, we wish you all the continued success in your art career, and we, we're looking forward to seeing what's next, uh, especially from an Arsenal point of view, of course. Uh, of course. And I'm sure that look. We'll probably see you featured on the arsenal.com uh, socials again soon. Hopefully. I'll nice. work on it. <laughs> nice one, mate. Well, look, thanks again for joining uh, the pod. Yeah. Uh, thanks for yeah, inviting we'll, me on. We'll catch up with you. No worries, mate. Enjoy Have a good one. Day. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Cheers, Del. Now, as we said, you can find Del on Instagram at Llewellyn Illustrations uh, and you can view and purchase his prints at www.llewellynillustrations.com as his name is rather complicated uh, and has many L's. I will be posting that in the show notes for your convenience. So, James, let's get on to the football talk. Uh, Enough about the art, um, even if that art is, as we've seen, pretty impressive to say the least. We've got some football to get stuck into. Um, Brighton, where do we start? <laughs> like I said earlier, we, we were struggling to find anything to, to, to keep up with this game yesterday, weren't we? It's madness, isn't it? Like you can't think of many occasions in the last few years where you've not been able to access the game anywhere. I mean, for me, it kind of just sums up people's interest in the League Cup, to be perfectly honest. I mean, look, you never want to see Arsenal lose, but the fact it wasn't selected for TV coverage anywhere in the world, so I think it does mm. tell you something. It's, yes, the League Cup. The League, it's unfortunate, though, because like, the League Cup's just gone down the drain. Not many people care about it, unless you're Spurs, you care about it and you still lose. Let's just have a quick giggle at that. Um, but, you know, we haven't won, won it or We've come close a couple of times since we have won it. I think we've reached maybe two finals off the top of my head. But it, it, this one really felt like, you know, though, you know, we were talking about Arsene Wenger just now and, you know, those first 10 years when we were really good, kind of just let this just, just happen. Whatever happened, happened. We didn't really give a shit about it. That's how we all felt, I think. And looking at what a lot of people have said after the result that we got, nobody really cares. So it kind of made me feel like that. Did you kind of feel that vibe as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've got bigger fish to fry this year and it could Mm. end up being a blessing in disguise. We're going to have a lot of games in the new year. Obviously, we want to try and progress in the FA Cup as well as the Europa League. So, Mm. look, you never want to see us lose. And, you know, we'll go into the performance in a moment or the very little that we know about the performance. But... Look, I think Arteta will be disappointed, but I think, like I say, bigger fish to fry. Yeah, no, absolutely bigger fish to fry, less games to play. Um, and it's one of those, isn't it? Like, if we didn't have the World Cup now, you know, literally, is it next week or the week after? Maybe we would have probably put a bit... Well, actually, I think we definitely would have put more focus on this because that's that's what Arteta's mentality is about, isn't it? It's win, win everything wherever possible, which is exactly how it should be when you're a big club. But... You know, there is extra complexities, fixture congestion, and, you know, not to have League Cup games. But, you know, and like we said, we, we really wanted to avoid those extra Europa League games as well, and we've, we've done that. So, you know, to, to not have them there, it's not the end of the world. And like you said, we've got bigger fish to fry, and that, again, it's no disrespect, or is it disrespect to the cup? You decide. I mean, I'm kind of, don't really care. I mean, that's what, again, that's just how I feel about it. That's just, you know, there's not, not, not. I don't, I don't feel like I've really lost anything um, losing that game last night. But looking at it, what, what were your thoughts on the lineup? We, we, I mean, there was only one real surprise from my point of view. Um, I've really expected this to kind of change. Um, how did you feel looking at the team that was was put out by Arteta last night? Yeah, obviously the big surprise was Carl Hine. You know, he's coming in to mm. make his debut. And again, with the fact it wasn't on TV, I did feel a little bit sorry for him for that perspective because obviously, you know, it would have been a big moment for him and 
people haven't been able to share in that moment. But mm. especially with Matt Turner on the bench, he's had a couple of injuries and also probably wanted to get minutes under his belt coming into the World Cup. That was a bit of a surprise. But does that mm. tell you kind of what Arteta thought about the game? The fact that he was happy to risk and give a debut to someone, you know, who has very little experience of club football. I know he's played a number of times now for the Estonian national team, but it was going to be a gamble. And unfortunately, by the looks of the first goal, it was unfortunate, but mm. maybe that's a little bit of nerves. No, you're funny that, right? Um, uh, it's exactly what I've put, um, you know, for the equaliser. You know, we'll just discuss it now as you've brought it up. But, you know, you look at it from one of two ways, is it an unfortunate sleep? Um, and I've literally put in the in the show notes here in brackets, nerves. Uh, because I, I can't remember where I heard this before and, and other players... It, it probably a pundit somewhere along the line said you, you slip when you when you panic in football right you know these aren't slippies you know we're very used to the surface or we're not but they are very used to the surfaces they play on you know they're warming up out there on the pitch they know what to expect and they know what studs to be selecting as well if you're slipping it's because you're not ready for something or you've panicked uh, in this situation and that's kind of how I felt about it. And then if you look at his reaction immediately after that, it's rash. Um, and look, I'm not here to, to hang him out to dry. It's his first ever appearance, you know, for the first team. And, you know, you never want to see anybody make a mistake, especially when it's, you know, one of their first really real involvements of the match. It just is what it is. He's made a, he's made a mistake by slipping. Um, and then he's clearly tried to make up to that by meeting Danny Welbeck and trying to win the ball, but he's completely missed it and wiped, wiped out Danny Welbeck, hasn't he? Yeah, and with Danny Welbeck stepping up then, there was never any doubt in my mind as soon as I heard who was going to take the penalty that that was going to be a goal, you know? It's one of these old age traditions in football, isn't it? The man mm -hmm. comes back and he will score against his old club. I mean... Thankfully, he managed to do that for us against Man United. And that will probably be one of my fondest memories of Mr. Danny Welbeck. But no, we'll give yeah. him that one. Coming back to the Emirates, it must have been a, a nice moment for him. Well, I mean, look, we faced two former strikers in the last few days. And if we had to pick one of them to score, I think every single one of us would have selected Danny Welbeck. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll take that um, how it went, to be honest with you. But before... That that incident with with Carl Hine and giving away the penalty there, you know, we did take the lead in the game. Um, for, for, it was a really good goal, actually, to say the least. Um, you know, Reese Nelson, who's found a little bit of form um, in the team. Obviously, you know, I say find a bit of form. He's actually found some minutes to begin with. Uh, that that always helps. But um, you know, showed some really good feet uh, in the in the wide centre left uh, of the pitch, and then. Travelled really well with the ball at his feet, um, driving through the middle and lays it off to Eddie and Ketcher, who, who sweeps in a, a wonderful finish uh, into the far, far corner. Typical kind of FIFA finesse finish is what it made me, me think of. Yeah, absolutely. And Eddie and Ketcher's League Cup record is up there with the very best. I think it's 11 goals and 12 appearances. I mean, really? he was doing, yeah, it's honestly, it's madness. The goal record he's got in the League Cup, but you think for a number of years, he has been our League Cup striker and we've mm. been on a number of runs where we've played some of these lower division teams. And I think he got a hat trick at one point. And look, I mean, you can only tip, you can only play who's in front of you, but you can't knock his record in the League Cup. No, no, it's, it's fairly decent to say the least. But to be honest with you, that, that appeared to be, and, and again, we're, we're working with really small sample sizes from the game last night. You know, there didn't seem to be much else in that first half from an Arsenal perspective, unless, you, unless you've picked up something that I haven't. Well, the only thing I did do, so one of a friend of ours, friend of the podcast, a gentleman called Matt, I'll give him a shout out. You can find him on Instagram at the underscore Arsenal underscore kit underscore geek. Thank you for all those underscores. Yeah, Matt. Jesus, get another underscore in there. <laughs> difficult, isn't they? And Matt went to the game last night. So I asked his opinion of what was going on. And um, he said to me that there was no intensity, no aggression. There was a real mm. kind of lack of quality. But one of the players that did stand out on the night was Reese Nelson. But he was one mm. of the only players that looked like he was going to be any kind of threat. Um, Matt also said that he just kind of got the impression that, you know, of this team, one or two of these players you could see filling in to our first 11 if need be, but it just did demonstrate our our lack of depth. Yeah. No, and, you know, I think 
you know, I mean, Matt being at the game can give a much better assessment than any of us. But I think some of the talk that was come out of the back of this, probably from other people that have been at the game, is we were slightly underwhelming. And there's a couple of players which come in into that in particular, who we even probably spoke about yesterday after the game. And I, I would say one of them more than the other, uh, because purely he's been there a little bit longer, but and he's one that really needs to to start trying to take these opportunities. And one, one thing I'd always caveat when when I'm assessing a player's, you know, performance in a game is, and I think this, you know, applies to to a lot of a lot of players. I think they'll always raise their game if they're playing. You know, if you're surrounded by better players, they make you a better player, right? And you kind of raise yourself to that level. Um, it's like, and the player I'm talking about here is Sambi Lukonga. Um, it just flatters to deceive in most performances for me at the moment. But you know, I, the caveat I make is, you know, you drop Jesus into the start in this game. Would he look as good as he does in our starting eleven? Probably not. Debatable, obviously. He'll probably still look better than Sambi Lukonga, obviously. But that, you know, we're talking different positions, different levels of player. But Sambi Lukonga for me is the one who who needs to start grabbing these. Then he needs to start grabbing these chances and showing why he deserves to be at the club. Not even in the starting eleven. It's got to the point for him, I feel, where he needs to really start proving his worth at the club. I think it's interesting with Sambi. I mean, we've all seen the All or Nothing documentary and there's that scene where he's questioning his lack of involvement and he seems really quite annoyed about the fact he hasn't been getting many minutes. And if you think about earlier on in his Arsenal career, he was in and around the Belgium squads. You know, Vincent Kompany was championing him as a, a future star. And obviously mm. the World Cup squads are all getting announced at the moment. And his name hasn't been mentioned anywhere near the Belgium squad. And it kind of just shows you how his stock has fallen over the last mm. few months and since the, the end of last season. And yeah, you're right. You are going to get given a limited amount of opportunities. And when you're not grabbing these, then it is a little bit of a worry. I mean, he is young. He's got time. I think he could do with a loan personally, but, Again, mm. it comes back to that depth. You know, if we were to lose Partey, we were to lose Xhaka. I know we've got Elneny back now, but can we really afford to give him a loan without bringing someone else in? Yeah, that is it. it again, we're very short in centre mid, right? As we all know. Uh, and that's why he's there and he probably wasn't sent out on loan. But, you know, you say he's young. He's 23. Is he really 23? I thought he was younger than that. Yeah, he's 23. Um, for, for me, it's kind of... I don't know. I think you should be more established at that age, especially in the modern game that we're at. Um, well, look, you know, I think... You... Sorry, mate. I, look, I mean, with transfers, there's going to be hits, there's going to be misses. And I think if of you course. look at that summer we've had last year, you know, Ramsdale... That's the certainly, only mess, yeah. yeah, Ramsdale certainly been it. Well, Nuno Tavares was in there as well. So there's question marks. I, I, I at least, I at least enjoyed his chaotic nature. Um, <laughs> it was fun to watch. And he can score goals, apparently, from what I've seen. Apparently, yeah. Just uh, <laughs> not very many for us, unfortunately. No, but no, no, it'll be interesting to see where his Arsenal career goes. I don't think he's ever going to be the player that we all hoped he would be. But mm. And to be perfectly honest, I can, again, very early days, I'm probably being particularly harsh here, but was this another game potentially that passed uh, Fabio Vieira by? Well, yeah, he's the, he's the second player that I was referring to. Um Again, and the difference for Fabio Vieira is he's, he's yeah, fresh off the boat, as they say, right? Um, you know, he's still finding his feet in English football. Um, he's a little bit younger than Lukonga, I believe. Um, but yeah, it seems to be that he's kind of flattering to deceive a little, uh, or dece deceiving to flatter. Am I getting that the right way around? You're laughing at me there. <laughs> to be honest, mate, I'm in a place right now where you're even confusing me. So I can't remember which way around it is. So we'll just go with it. Yeah, he's just not performing to the levels we expect. There we go. We'll just completely change it up. Uh, there's probably people screaming, going, you absolute prat. Uh, and do you know what? Rightly so, to be perfectly honest with you. But yeah, he's another one that's kind of shown glimpses of how good he was at the start of the season. Uh, and again, you know, we, we said it yesterday, you know, there was the Brentford away game where he looked really good, obviously scored a cracking goal. Um, but he seems to have gone off the boil a little bit. Um, but he, he's, he seems like one of those players, like I was kind of referring to just now about, he's a better player with better players around him. Um, and I think when you throw him into the the fringe player lineup, he's not not quite as good. Um, 
because yeah like we said he's still trying to find his feet isn't he um for, for in English football but again it's we could be harsh in saying this I mean did Matt say anything in particular about um Fabio Vieira yesterday or no, it wasn't Matt who said that. I just saw a few comments on social media from people that were at the game about Fabio Vieira, but I guess I'm probably more talking about his recent performances and the fact that he hasn't really stepped up mm. to the level that we uh, would have liked to. I guess the only other kind of big talking point Matt gave me, and again, thank you to Matt, because we really are feeding off of Yeah, we're struggling, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was the fact that he talks about, and I think we alluded to it on the previous podcast, that League Cup games, they are they are a different atmosphere and there is a different crowd mm. and it is the opportunity for people to go to their first game or families or kids to get the experience of going to the Arsenal for the first time. And he did say that, you know, there's been times this season where the crowd have really been able to pick the team up. And if we've conceded, the crowd mm. have really got behind the team and he just felt that there maybe wasn't that quite same atmosphere last night and whether that did have an effect and maybe yeah. that was part of the reason why the game did kind of seem to peter out. Yeah, that's a really good um, good point, actually, because, yeah, the dynamics of the, the the effects that the crowds would have on a player. And as we've seen, and we've spoken about it many times this season, haven't we? especially on the pod where if someone makes a mistake or if we concede a goal, you know, the 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 rise from the crowd of noise and support is, is actually been phenomenal. And again, look, I was only listening to the game on, what was it? Yeah, I can't remember what I was listening to on Arsenal media. I think that's how desperate it got. I was listening to it on arsenal.com. Um, and when, you know, you can hear the audio and when a goal was scored, there wasn't that, that, that uplift from the crowd. And, you know, if anybody was there, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I didn't hear it. Um, it definitely didn't come across um, through, through the order that I was listening to, but yeah, I think, you know, you're right. Maybe that's why we struggled, you know, once they equalized and once they went two on up, I think people, a lot of people of what I've read has said that we, we couldn't get back into it. We had a few chances, but it wasn't like, you know, watching the first team where they're like, fuck this, let's take this by the scruff uh, and we're taking it back to them and we're going to win this bloody game one way or another. It's interesting, if you look at the comments from Arteta after the game, he seems to be relatively happy with the performance, but obviously not with the result. And the stats seem to reflect that. Like we had 22 shots compared to their 13, but the mm. difference was that we shared four shots on target. So we had more possession, we had a greater number of passes, but it just didn't seem to click. So... And look, we'll never know, unfortunately, because the game wasn't televised. And thankfully, I think this will be the last time this season where we're not going to be able to watch the game. And like I say, blessing in disguise. Good luck to Brighton. They are becoming a bit of a bogey team, though, Brighton. Yeah, they beat us, didn't they, at the Emirates last season, if I remember rightly, and towards the end of the season, wasn't it? And there was that horrendous nil-nil draw in the horrendous weather earlier on in the season away from home. I think you came over for it as well. I did. I tried to erase that from my memory um, as much as possible because, yeah, fuck, yeah, horrible day out, to be honest with you. And trying to get out of that stadium is a shit show. So good luck to anyone who goes there this year. Don't say I warned you. I have. And interestingly, one of our first game back is actually against Brighton. It's uh, We've got, what, West Ham on Boxing Day, I think. And then we've got Brighton on New Year's Eve away. So not the easiest of fixtures to come back to. Even worse to get out of that ground on New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to be brave enough to go down there for that one. No, if you do, drive and then park somewhere within walking distance if possible. Because, um, yeah, trying to get on the train afterwards is bloody horrific. But there we go. Just one other thing before we move on to to take a you know, look ahead to, to the final game before the World Cup. Um, we're just some of the players that were brought on yesterday. You know, I said it to you, I was a little bit surprised. And, you know, you came back and said, you know, possibly managing minutes in particular when you look at, you know, Saliba playing and then Gabriel replacing him. That kind of makes sense. But, but one thing I was surprised about was given the fact that none of us um, really gave a shit about the result of that, you know, especially when we're 2-1 down or 3-1 down. I was surprised that Jesus got brought on, Martinelli, um, Zaka as well was brought on. Yeah, I mean, what did you think about that? I was a bit surprised and thought it's maybe just an unnecessary risk. Now, look, didn't matter in in hindsight. So, I guess not not a major concern. But yeah, I was a little bit surprised by it when he was doing it. Well, it's an interesting one because obviously, when you're going to play a, a weaker team, you always expect that there's going to be a few kind of first teamers on, on the bench with the idea that look, 
you can break glass in case of emergency and bring these players on. But mm. with these large benches now, it did surprise me that you didn't see a couple of academy prospects on the bench because look, mm -hmm. in that kind of situation, the game was lost. And yeah. rather than risking these players, which are going to be very important against Wolves, you know, give a debut to one of these young academy lads, give them that experience. We'd lost the game already by then, but the bench was so strong and there was just no sign of any academy talent at all. Yeah, no, and that, that is unusual uh, for this sort of game. If you're going to give people the chance on the bench or in the starting 11, yeah, I think it'd be nice to give them also others. Now let's have a look. Uh, there are a few few players, you know, hanging around in that under 21s or under 23 side, whatever it is these days. And yeah, maybe we, we would have, preferred, I would prefer to see them, when I say see them, listen to what they could do uh, on the radio. But um, yeah, that, that was the only other thing that just took me by surprise yesterday. I just thought it was an unnecessary risk, but look, it ultimately didn't fucking matter um, in the end. So I guess we can kind of, you know, close that, that page uh, of this season's or this chapter of this season's book. Uh, and then just as we do when we lose, move on, look forward. Uh, and that's what we're going to do right now is take a little look ahead uh, to, like I said, it's our last game before the World Cup. Um, it's come around quick, I have to say. It's been enjoyable though, right, so far this season. So I'm not surprised it's come around quick. Yeah, it's come around far too quick, hasn't it? And I think we alluded to it on the last podcast that unfortunately, I think we don't really want this break right now. No. I mean, even if we were playing, even if we weren't top of the league, I still wouldn't want this break. Um as I said at the weekend or whenever we spoke last, just don't take the Arsenal away from me, man. I just, I prefer to watch Arsenal all day, every day uh, over England, unless the England side was listed with Arsenal players. That's a different story, right? I think one of the things as an Arsenal fan that really puts me off England is it's captained by that fucking arsehole down the lane, um, Harry Kane, who I just can't stand, to be perfectly honest. And there's, yeah. It does make it difficult, doesn't it, to get behind yeah. the England team? But, I mean, with a little bit of Brighton news today, did you see that Ben White's been included in the England squad, which is obviously fantastic and, you know, well-deserved? I mean, there was part of me that thinks, oh, could he have done with a, a few weeks off? But, look, I think for his career and I think for, obviously, him progressing as a footballer, I think it's good that he got into the squad because he deserves it. You know, if Harry Maguire can be in the squad, then Ben White has to be in the squad. Whether he'll get any minutes or not, who knows? But no, I think it will do him good just for his own kind of mentality and his own confidence that mm -hmm. he has been rewarded with that place. Well, as we indicated earlier, I don't think the bloke needs too much help with his confidence, to be perfectly honest with you. But <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's a case of, um, it is well-deserved, massively well-deserved. And it's mad that it's, you know, he's been overlooked so far really and like you said will he get any minutes I'd like to think so because again I think he's deserved it on merit you know he's part of a team that's top of the league and playing fantastic football and he's a massive integral part of that um, which leads me on to another thing which when they announce the squad and they do their social media posts and you look at the goalkeepers that selected a little bit frustrated that Aaron Ramsdale's the third choice goalkeeper in this scenario by the way yeah, unfortunately, though, I wasn't surprised by that because the last round of fixtures, the friendlies, which uh, I'm sorry, was it Nations League? It's all the same to me. Yeah. Um, he didn't get the minutes. It, Jordan Pickford was injured. So I'm thinking, right, well, this is Ramsdale's mm. opportunity. And then he picked Nick Pope for both games, which fair play to Nick Pope. He's been good, good so keeper. far this season. Yeah. Good keeper. He's doing really well for Newcastle. But you would have thought they would have at least got one game each and Unfortunately, I think Ramsdale will be going into that tournament as Southgate's third choice. But look, he's got age on his side. He's younger than Jordan. Mm. He's younger than Nick Pope. So hopefully mm. this will be another experience for him. And I guess from a from an Arsenal perspective, I guess less chance of him getting injured. Exactly right. Let's look for the positives here from the Arsenal. You know, the blinkers are on here and we're just looking, you know, to what what's coming back and who's coming back, how, in what condition. And, you know, he should just be going over there, sunning himself or burning because he's a fair-haired man like myself. Um, and yeah, get the experience. Um, you know, have a good time with Ben White. So the only thing that kind of frustrates me with it, though, is just like, I don't know, like, I think Southgate's not the one, right, to take him to the next level. He's done a good job over the years from what I've seen. But it's that modern, we need to start, England's need to start playing that modern style of football. And I think Aaron Ramsdale is the, the start of that, especially for us. He's, with the ball at his feet, he's so well. He starts, play really well. You know, he's got an eye for a pass as well. Uh, he can play short, can play long. 
I just don't think the other two have that. That's the only difference for me um, that I'd look at, particularly Jordan Pickford. I think he's a reasonable keeper, but doesn't play well with the ball at his feet. Mate, I'm with you completely. But unfortunately, I think Southgate probably knows that this is going to be his last major tournament. And from what we've seen so far, he does seem to stick to what he knows. And there is certain players in his squad that he's always picked, despite Mm -hmm. what they're doing at their clubs. And I think he'll probably do exactly the same thing this time. And hopefully whoever comes in next will kind of bring through this next generation of talent. And we'll see Aaron Ramsdale, England number one for many years to come. That'd be great. I'd absolutely love that. I miss seeing singing England's number one to our we goalkeepers. Still, we still sing it anyway. Well, it's because we know he, right? he is the best. Um, it's just not Gareth Southgate. You know, he just doesn't agree with us, which is a, that's his problem. Um, and he won't have, we won't have to worry about Gareth Southgate picking Aaron Ramsdale anymore after the World Cup, as you've just said, because I think, yeah, this will be it and he'll probably walk afterwards, which is fine. I don't really have a feeling pro or negative <laughs> to that, to be perfectly honest. But look, England aside, let's get back to the Arsenal, right? Um, Wolves away uh, at the weekend. Always a tricky place to go. But looking at the head-to-head record, uh, we've won 60 games against Wolves, drawn 32 and lost 28. That's kind of the record I would expect to see. I didn't think we would have lost 32 games. That seems quite a lot, to be honest. But, you know, we could be going back to the 30s or something. I don't know um, when that head-to-head started. But decent record. Last season... um, Narrow wins, both of them. Um, I have to admit, I've got no recollection whatsoever of the home game. Have you? I hope you have. Otherwise, the listeners are fucked. Oh, absolutely. I think that home game, I think when we start talking about it, you'll uh, have a few f- few flashes in that whole old head of yours. So this was yes. the game where, uh, I mean, this probably doesn't surprise you too much, but Lacazette was on a bit of a, a barren run. He hadn't scored for a few oh, games. Yeah, 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 see, yeah just, there yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. the lightning <laughs> bolt to the face. There it is. For the viewers here, you just see uh, Kelvin's eyes light up over our uh, computer screens here. No, it was the game where we were 1-0 down. Mm. Pepe, I think, scores the only goal we scored all season after a lovely Came turn and finish. Yep. Yeah. And then in the dying moments, we get a corner and... I mean, to be fair, Lacazette, um, he shoots. It wasn't going in. It will not going anywhere near the goal, but it takes a wild deflection and the ball goes in. Did the keeper palm it in? I thought he... It was just... There was no way it was going in, but, you know, he claimed it as his goals. He runs over to the... Yeah, he runs over to the fans and there seemed to be a real moment in that North Bank. And I remember Mm. at the time, there were so many different video compilations going around. My favourite was... uh, there's someone put the Titanic music over the back of it and him scoring. And, oh, it was, it was marvelous. It really was because we'd been on a bit of a tough run prior to that. And Mm. we had, we had found it tough going. So there was a bit of momentum building as a result of that. So, uh, no, I think one of the probably more memorable moments of the season in terms of, Maybe I mean, I say, yeah, like I agree. And I had no no notion of this <laughs> literally five minutes ago. Um, but it is funny, isn't it? Because, you know, now you've said it, yeah, it all comes flying back, right? And yeah, it was one of the only games, I think, where we actually turned a, you know, turned it around from a losing position. Um, the manner of the win, I actually very clearly remember celebrating the shit out of that own goal. I'm not going to say it was Lacazette's goal, but I remember celebrating that goal because, yeah, it, was, it felt like a really big moment. Um, and like you said, to... To see an Arsenal side, you know, from a losing position, finally turn it around and get a win. Yeah, it was it was nice. I think that um, was, sorry, I think that was Arteta's first time he'd managed to do it as well. I think prior to that, there'd been yeah. no no game where we'd managed to turn it around. So obviously going into the end of that season, that was hopefully going to be the thing that would help us and think that when we were down, we weren't going to be out. But uh, no, probably just a nice memory to, to look back on. And then... The first game, the away game, I can't mm. remember a great deal about that other than the fact that Gabriel scored his header and then yeah. there was all the social media videos of that mental Wolves fan. I don't remember the social media things of the mental Wolves fan, if I'm honest. You're going to have to share this with me afterwards. So the mental yeah. Wolves fan, it's weird. Oh, at is this yeah. the one where he's in the... In the in the box, yeah. So it's <laughs> weird at Wolves that you've got all the away fans right below Damn. some kind of, uh, you know, what, but they're what all the way down the touchline as well. Yeah, which exactly, is fucking weird. Exactly, and obviously the Arsenal fans are giving it the big end to this guy yeah, in the press yeah. in, in in his box, and he's just going absolutely mental. 
Yeah, no, I have seen that. And I think I actually even saw it the other day. It reminds me of uh, an old video clip which went um, viral years ago. Someone, what was his name? Ronnie Pickering or something like that. Do you know who I am? Ronnie Pickering. It's, if anyone's seen it, they'll, they'll be laughing away because it is that that's who that bloke reminded me of because he is going fucking bananas in behind that glass. And the lads in front of him just giving him the fingers, giving him every sort of sign you could possibly imagine for the lol. And he just can't handle it. Even the bloke next to him is just like looking at him every now and again. Like he gets involved. You can see, look at the bloke going next to him. Like, Mate, chill the fuck out, man. Like, Jesus Christ, you can't do anything here. What are you doing? That's what football's about, isn't it? You know, you've got to give out the stick and you've got to be able to take it. But uh, yeah, he certainly yeah. won't take him much of that. No, but the other really odd thing that happened in this game, James, and I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. This was the fucking game when Martinelli received two fucking yellow cards in the space of 20 <laughs> seconds. What the fuck was that about? Oh, I remember this. Didn't he get one for kind of pushing the guy when he was going to take a throw so in? He tried to stop like the that. throw yeah, in. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then shoulder barged the other player who was breaking down. We've never seen anything like it. And I've st- I don't think we'll ever see it again, if I'm honest. I don't think Martinelli had ever seen anything like it. I remember hearing an interview he did with Ian Wright about it. And Martinelli still to this day just can't believe it i mean by the letter of the law probably they were fouls but i think was it michael oliver at the time i think and just yeah it was yeah for me michael oliver quite often just wants to make himself the center of of attention he wants to be the headline maker so if you would have happens with refs too often well if you would have asked me what referee it was he would have been high up on my list not the other chap who retired recently mike dean he used to love that shit as well Good old Mike Dean. Apparently, I think I think I read on Twitter earlier on, actually, he might be the VAR for our game this weekend. Brilliant. That's just what you want. I thought he retired properly. Like, get out. Like, stop reffing. Go and enjoy your life somewhere. Go and do something else. He just loves to torment us, mate. That's why. He does. He does, doesn't he? But one of the things we always look back on um, when we're looking ahead to a game is, is memorable goals. And James, I just want to make it clear, because I know you like to try and break the rules here. And you, you look at me and laugh. But they're memorable goals from goals we've scored at Molyneux, okay? Not at the Emirates or Highbury. So with that in mind, have you got any goals lined up? Well, with, <laughs> with those rules in mind, and Go. I ha- it's not a goal from the Emirates. That's a start. It's, it's not a goal from Highbury. Well, It's not a goal from Molyneux. <laughs> oh, you're taking the piss now. <laughs> so I'm going to take you back to... 1998 and a FA Cup semi-final against <laughs> Christopher Wolves. Ray. Is it Christopher Ray? Christopher Ray. So look, I went back and looked at this oh. earlier on. I couldn't remember the goal itself, but I just remember him scoring. And I mean, it's not really much to talk about. Patrick Vieira goes for a few players, slides it over to uh, Ray, and he um puts it in the bottom left. Is it empty net in it? Is it not well, an empty net? No, the keeper Ish. was there, but you know, it was an easy enough finish. But Mm. It was just the opportunity to talk about Christopher Ray, to be perfectly honest, and kind of what a weird player he was. But he did he didn't score many goals. I think he only scored three goals for Arsenal. But at mm. the end of that season, he did play a role. Ian Wright he was did, out injured. And I mean, if you hear Ian Wright talk about it now, he's still absolutely livid. The fact that Arsene Wenger started Christopher Ray instead of Ian Wright in the uh, FA Cup final that year, because Wright, he had actually recovered from his injury by then but no any opportunities to talk about Christopher Ray I just thought well let's do it yeah I mean that's it's a great shout in it what what a name in the Arsenal player archive Christopher Ray and you're right he did play a pivotal role actually in that double winning season mental that he started the FA Cup final though absolutely mental it's madness isn't it when you think about it and the kind of caliber of striker we had around then and Unfortunately, yeah. it didn't really ever work out for him. He scores in the Charity Shield final the mm. uh, following following August. But then it was around the time where we brought in Thierry, we brought in Davosuka, and he kind of just faded out, really, and went on to have a bit of a journeyman career here, there, and everywhere, by the sounds of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely one of those that would do that, and there'll be many more that we'll see do that in, in years to come, I'm sure, as well. Some of the goals that spring to mind for me, um, there was a, a wonderful uh, Burkamp kind of volley and the technique of it with the outside of his boot. I think it might have even been the Invincible year uh, that he did that. It was just such a lovely finish. There was another one 
that I saw uh, it was a Fabregas goal actually after some a lovely move down the right hand side we were playing in the oh crikey I'm trying to think now is the blue away kit it was pinstripes we had a white one that matched it if that springs anybody's memory so that was the kit we were playing in and Van Persie uh, did a wonderful first touch layoff into his path and he's just slotted it past the keeper at the near post. Really, really good goal. Um, but there, there was actually two goals in, in recent times, actually, which were really good. Um, there was Pepe's Maisie run from the left-hand side where he did a couple of nutmegs uh, and then managed to finish it into the far, far corner uh, with his right foot. Was um, that one which- of the COVID lockdown games? Good question. Not 100% sure. The next goal definitely is, because uh, right. I remember the next one, but it was uh, a Saka goal. Um, ball comes over from the left-hand side, and he's kind of karate hooked it um, into the near post. Great finish. Uh, but that was 100% behind closed doors. And every time I, I watch these highlights of those games, what a fucking weird time to be alive that really was. Yeah, I think it's going to become weirder and weirder the longer we have between you know, the present day and when it happened as well. And certainly does make you feel uh, very, you know, lucky to have football back. And hopefully we don't ever see anything like that again. No, I think we'd all revolt when we, if, if we ever were told to stay at home again, we'd be like, fuck you. It's not happening. I'm going, I'm going to the football, whether you're locking me in or not, you bastards. I think the government can say anything at the moment and people aren't going to listen what it sounds of it. So there you go. Uh, well, let's not get political. That's not Absolutely definitely something we'll never do on this show. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it's it's a big game again, isn't it? Um, the, the, the carrot is being dangled because there's the opportunities and this is what we all want as fans. I want to sit here from this Saturday because it's a weird kickoff time. Quarter to fucking eight on a Saturday evening. What's that about for a start? But I want to sit there from basically 10 o'clock Saturday night until Boxing Day, at least, being top of the league. Yep. I want to sit down for my Christmas dinner with the knowledge that my beloved Arsenal are top of the tree at Christmas. You know, no need for an angel, no need for a star. Just Arsenal at the top of the tree. Well, there's only one angel we like in this club, mate. That's Louis (laughs) Louis Dunford. (laughs) You're like, well, I've done that. We need that. We should send him a message. Maybe he'd come on the podcast sometime, do us a little live rendition. Yeah, just do it. Just, you know, maybe he is the guardian angel. The guardian angel. He's he's seeing us, you know, he's given us the righteous path to the Premier League title. We're playing his song. You're not telling me that's not happened, you know? That's in... Oh, this is getting very deep very quickly. <laughs> I know. It's t- we've turned the corner. We really have. But no, it, like I say, it's a massive game. There's massive incentive there to be top of the league. And, you know, I would love to sit there, like you said, and, just feel smug uh, for the next for the next couple of well, few weeks or however long it is it feels like it's going to be a lifetime break and what we're going to do with the podcast in that time god knows i've got a few things lined up um which we'll keep you updated with but we'll go from there before we close it off is there anything you want to add about wolves away no i just think that the only thing that worries me and with these kind of pre-world cup games this weekend i think you might well see some of these players who are in these World Cup squads, will they just take it that little bit more easy? Will they maybe not go quite as hard into those 50-50 challenges? You know, there's Mm. some of these players, you know, take Martinelli, for example. Normally, he will run his heart out. He will do everything for the team. He probably weren't expecting to get into the World Cup squad. It's his absolute dream to get there. If there's a 50-50 this weekend, is he going to go all in? I'd like... (sighs) I see what you're I'd like, saying. I'd like to think he would, but I'm just saying. I that... think he's that sort of player that would. I think he's just one of them. If he's out there, you kind of. It's like, and look, I'm not going to compare the level of football I play with Martinelli, but you you play five aside, right? And if you're not really feeling that, you're like, do you know what? I'll just just go out, go through the motions, and yeah, we'll just get an hour's run around. And then as soon as you walk out there, and as soon as you start running around, I just want to win. I get competitive. I can't help it. He's definitely one of them, but just at a much greater level than I could ever, ever imagine to be at. Um, I just think that's in him. That's just the sort of player he is. So hopefully. Well, you know, fingers crossed. It's a big opportunity. Wolves, they haven't been fantastic so far this year. Mm. They have got a new manager coming in, but he's not going to come in until after the World Cup. Unfortunately, Man City have got Brentford at home and they're playing at half 12. So you would have thought that would be three points there. And obviously we're going to know their result going into the game. That might put that little bit more pressure on, but 
look, we've managed the pressure so far and we've picked up some points in some really kind of tricky away games. Oh, so yeah. I've still got every confidence. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're right to be confident. And we, you know, we just played that pressure game at the weekend. You know, City played before us and we had to go to Chelsea away and did the business um, in convincing fashion. So look, let's hope the boys can continue that on. Um, let's get a good send off before the World Cup. Um Unless we're all top of the league come Christmas, because that would be absolutely fantastic. But look, as always, guys, we just want to thank you for taking time to tune in and listen to the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you do enjoy the show, please do leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. Uh, and remember to share on the socials or even in your Arsenal fan groups. We greatly appreciate it. But look, keep an eye on your social feeds uh, until the next podcast is out. But until then, look after yourselves, look after each other and catch you on the next one. Goodbye.